everybody. Welcome back. This is Andrea Epolito celebrating life, luxury, and above all else, love. We have another special guest today, DJ Digital Dave. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you, Andrea? I love the fact that we are having this time together because you and I actually met at the DJ Collective, I want to say about two years ago, we sat next to each other in session. Yes, yes. I was the first day in Tampa. I was sitting between you and Nicole, I believe, Nicole Peck. We were, she, I, I was I was right in between the two of you. So, and she's such a good girl, and it's nice to like meet people and have a cool kind of back east vibe when everyone gets together and everyone knows each other. Um, I've been pretty vocal about the fact that I didn't have a great education in terms of what DJs did and how they operated. And so the DJ Collective has been super transformative for me as a professional on that sense, but also just the greatest group of people in the world. And so many super close friendships have come out of that. But I want to give everyone an opportunity to learn about you. So your bio, your history, how did you become Digital Dave? So it, it all started, God, I was in high school. I was 15 years old and I, I worked at a roller skating rink. And uh, I used to hang out with the, I was a skate guard in the daytime. So I would skate around, help, help little kids up that fell. So I, but I always loved music and I would hang out with the evening DJ after my shift was over. And one day he called in sick um, and it was actually the Saturday night before Easter in 1995. So it was almost exactly 20 wow. years ago. I still remember the night and the manager said, Hey, you always hang out with him. There's music here. Do you want to do this? You know, you want to try to DJ for the night. So I did it. I, I loved it. Uh, a couple months later, a different DJ quit. So they gave me DJ shifts and, and I DJ all throughout college parties and, you know, high school uh, sorority and fraternity formals. And then um, I, I had two major interests in college, which were, political speech writing and law, which I, I, I <laughs> probably neither you expected, but I, I, that was what I went to school for. And I got out of college and I was DJing a lot and I was making good money doing it and I enjoyed doing it. So I just kind of kept, kept on, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm going to give this a shot. And, and I gave it a shot. And originally I was doing mostly nightclubs and I still do a lot of nightclubs, but then I got more into uh, private events, weddings and corporate events, nonprofits. And, um, and then also for the past five years, I've been doing sports, too, uh, for uh, pit basketball, pit football and the Steelers. I do all of their in-game music in the stadium during games. So there's so much to unpack here. First of all, I spent my misplaced use in roller ranks. It is my, I still have a pair of roller skates and we'll roller skate around the neighborhood. My kids are like, why are there four wheels? And I'm like, because that's how we did it in the eighties. Relax. Um, but I, I love that. And then the amount of people in our space, in the wedding and event space that come from a law background is amazing because I had planned to go to law school until I found this industry, but very much like you, my entire professional life has been wedding and events, but you've done some huge sporting events. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I've done, um, you know, I, I've worked, uh, for, for univer the university of Pittsburgh, which, uh, our, our game against Penn state two years ago was the largest, uh, sporting event attendance ever in a, in a Pitts in Pittsburgh's history. Uh, we had over, I think 72,000 people at that game, 
Um, I've been doing four years of, of Steelers games. Um, and those are honestly the most intense things I, I do because I don't think people fully realize, but you know, we are in essence producing a, a live TV show within the stadium. And I'm on a headset with everyone that is uh, running the, the, the director that's calling all the screenshots that you see on the scoreboard in the stadium, uh, the replay people. Uh, we have a producer, a PA announcer, a soundboard operator. Uh, we have Chiron people that are, you know, making graphics in Photoshop live, you know, with in-game statistics that are going to go up on the screen. So there's a good, between us and the cameraman, 50 to 60 people all on headsets, all working together during a game. Um, we have a 40-some page script that we get prior to games. And, um, you know, we, we're there five hours before, before kickoff for, for a football game. So there's a, an, an, an immense amount of planning that goes into it um, and organization behind it that I don't think, you know, the average fan that goes to a, a sporting event even, even grasp uh, when they're watching it, how, how much thought and how much work goes, goes into uh, producing the show in the stadium. So, and it's interesting because I will and I'll apologize to DJs forever. I never understood the amount of advanced planning and the amount of thought. And what I found really interesting about you, and aside from the fact that you're sensational to watch in terms of energy and performance and your ability, I was able to judge the kind of mix throwdown at the DJ Collective and your ability to, to connect themes and theories. And so it's, it's really I incredible. Um, and so from, from a performance place, it, it's ridiculous. But what really impressed me with you is when you talk about the research process and how you pull songs for your couples, and now hearing you talk about this, can you explain to people what, what the planning and what the research is and how you actually set up your deck of music specifically for weddings, but then how you shift into the sporting? Sure. So uh, specifically for, for weddings, um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly uh, thinking about couples, ages, um, and, and I think a lot of wedding DJs get caught in a trap of, you know, maybe they've been doing weddings 10 years or 15 years, and you always tend to think of throwback songs as the same songs that were the throwback songs when you started DJing, or maybe what your throwback songs were. And, you know, you're dealing with couples now that were, were getting married that were born in the nineties, you know, and, and so, uh, one thing that I talked about in my DJ presentation at the collective this past year uh, was a study that Spotify did uh, along with the uh, New York Times. They did the study together and they found out that between the age of 13 and 14 is the age where you are most closely uh, linked to to music for life, like your your favorite songs, the songs that touch you the most or what came out when you were 13 to 14. And there's kind of a, you know, age range that goes around that. That was the, the peak age range that they found. But it's really from like 12 to maybe, you know, 18 to 20, um, you know, kind of your middle school, high school, college years. And so I, I always try to look at couples age ranges um, and, and how old they are. And which, you know, now a lot of couples getting married are really into the mid 2000s music. I also um, kind of look at couples histories and I ask them where they're from, um, where they went to college, because a lot of colleges 
you know, have special fight, fight songs or theme songs uh, that they play during their games in stadiums. Um, as different areas of the country have different regional music uh, that might be more popular if you came from that certain city or that certain state. So I really try with each couple very specifically to try to kind of get in the heads of that couple and their life and where they grew up and how they grew up to figure out what music is going to be best for them at, at their wedding. The psychology of it is fascinating to me because I never thought about the, the regional aspects. And when you say like they're getting married, they were born in the nineties. I'm like, wow. And, and it's, Whenever I get an email and it's like the first initial, the last name, and then like 1992, I'm like, oh, good God. Like, it's, it's kind of shocking. 28-year-old was born in 1992. Like. Right. And I, in my head, I'm like, but I'm so young. How are they born at this time when I'm so young? But it's the generation, like our throwbacks for people like you and I were like, were like Sweet Caroline. And now, what are they? Is, is it Britney? I mean, uh, you know, Britney, I mean, even Britney and Backstreet Boys are getting a little on the old side for, for some of these couples getting married How? today. A lot of them are, you know, love the like, you know, early Justin Timberlake and early Miley Cyrus and One Direction and, and Justin Bieber when, when he kind of first came on the scene. Um, and I mean, even now, like Drake's been around for 11, 12 years and old Jay-Z and old Usher songs and stuff. And it's, 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 you know, crazy to watch the evolution of it. But I also watch a lot of DJs that, that kind of don't evolve with, with their couples and their clients. And, and they're still playing similar sets to what they were playing in maybe 2005 or 2010 or, or, or worse, you know, further back. And so I think a lot of um, DJs kind of, it's important to not lose touch with the fact that your target audience is constantly getting younger and younger than you in this industry. Um, I think it's very important to, to keep touch and be cognizant of that. So how do you communicate that to, cause I think that for you, you probably have two sets of, of clients. You have the clients that come to you directly. You have the couples that become aware of you in some way, whether it's through the clubs or a sporting event, and they know that they want a digital day of experience. And then you also have, planners and event organizers and people like me that are sourcing talent for the couples. How do you communicate the, the psychological difference in what it means to have a digital Dave experience? And how do you put that out there for people? Is it by sharing your, cause I know you do a lot of mixes that you put out there for free for people to listen to, but is, is it different language? Is it different social? How do you let somebody know that you're completely different from every other DJ in your area or in the country because you travel as well. Right. Well, I would say, you know, a lot of, a lot of my clients are people that have either, either seen me at another wedding, seen me at a, like you mentioned at a nightclub at a, at a sporting event. But uh, for the clients that I do get, which is the smaller amounts that, that do come to me and they say, Hey, you know um, you know, they don't know who I am and kind of don't know a background of what I do. Um, I, I, I do send them, um, you know, my, my Mixcloud page, which, um, is mixcloud.com backslash DJ digital Dave. And, um, I have a lot of mixes on there that, that really show how different my style is than a lot of other DJs. And 
I'm a, a big proponent, even when I educate other DJs, it's saying, hey, use Mixcloud as, as a tool because I've always said when you're dealing with couples, if they want to see a photographer's pictures from another wedding, they can see those pictures. They can go taste to a cake tasting. They can go to a food tasting. They can look at pictures of a florist's flowers. But how do you, as a client that's never heard or seen a DJ in person, you know, it's a harder sell. It's in a hard, and it's harder to grasp that DJ style without having seen them in person. So uh, I'm a big fan of sending them, uh, you know, examples of my work so that they can they can listen to it and, and see what that style is and, and see if it is for them uh, as far as, as their wedding goes. So when, like, I got on Mixcloud specifically because you had mentioned it because I had never, I hadn't been familiar with it. For somebody like, like me, when I'm trying to figure out, like, how do I, how do I find a DJ? And I think a lot of people that listen to the podcast are, are planners, they're venues, they're people that are responsible for pulling together teams. I'm typically looking and saying, okay, do, does this particular DJ have the personality that's going to mix with my clients? Do they, do they see the world the same way? Do they approach the idea of production or how are they looking? Like, is, is there something that I can connect in terms of ideal client for you or how you find people that, that make sense? What, what can you tell planners and venues to educate us on seeking out someone like you and what language do we use? How do we put you together? Well, I, I think I think one thing that's important is to know your your clients, you know your 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 couples, uh, I guess wishes and desires and, and musical preferences. Um, for for instance, you know if you go on on the Nod or Wedding Wire and you look through reviews, um, there there are lots of DJs that you know have tons and tons of five star reviews, but but they're they're very different. And for instance, my stylistic approach is much more based on on music. And during the night, um, you know, I'm going to play a lot of of. Uh, I'm I'm always trying to think of what are those songs that other DJs don't think of that everybody liked and everybody loved, but other DJs don't think of these songs. And and it's and you know everybody gets this great surprise reaction. And what's a cool way to mix this song in? And I tend to get clients that are more so. Um, music lovers and and don't want, I guess, what they would consider a traditional wedding experience. A lot of my clients don't want to hear line dances. A lot of my clients don't want to hear even things like, you know, celebration or I got a feeling or, or you know, YMCA, things like that. Um, but there are clients out there that want to hear that type of stuff. And there are some DJs that are very interactive and are out on the dance floor with a, with a wireless mic and they're singing with the couples and, and, and dancing out on the dance floor. And, and either way is not wrong. I have my way that, is, that, that I prefer and kind of my style. So I think it's important for planners and venues to, to kind of educate themselves um, as to what their clients' wishes are and, and also... Uh, as to the fact that different DJs have different styles and and I might be a, a great DJ, but if a couple wants someone that's going to be out on the dance floor teaching line dances, I'm not a great DJ for that couple and, and vice versa. There are other great DJs out there that have tons of great reviews, but but you know they might not even be mixing songs. They might be playing one song and letting it end and talking on the mic in between. And that 
style might be right for some couples and, and wrong for others. So I think uh, it's important for planners to to realize there, there are different styles of DJs out there and make sure that they're connecting each individual client with the right style for that specific client. So in terms of you specifically, and I think that I'm, I'm lucky because I've seen you DJ in person and then I've heard your mixed clouds and I'm able to kind of look at it and say, wow, he's a different experience from this person or from that person. For somebody who goes out now and listens to your mixed cloud and they're thinking, this is great. What are the words that you would prefer to be used to describe you? Like in terms are, do you DJ a wedding and you're you bring a nightlife vibe to that? Or are you somebody who is more mixed driven? Like how, if I were to turn around and say like, you need to hire DJ Dave, how would I spiel you? Because I don't always feel like I have the language to connect the two in the way that your business would want to be represented. Well, it's, 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 it's actually, the funny thing is the first thing when you say that that comes to mind, and this is not this is not my descriptor. This is something that that I get a lot from either clients or from uh, you know lay people, guests at weddings. You know, I always get the phrase, "Oh, you're a, a real DJ," you know, quote unquote. And I guess that would be uh, differentiating me from a DJ that that doesn't mix one song into the the other, that doesn't um, uh, you know, that talks in between songs. But I guess I would I would say that I bring I would say, I guess, a good descriptor would be that I bring more of a of a nightclub style uh, to a wedding, but I don't do that in the in a, from a standpoint where I'm I'm just only playing nightclub music. You know, I'm still playing, you know, possibly you know Motown or some '80s or, or, or disco or or '90s mixed with current and contemporary music, uh, and and that all depends from client to client what the client's looking for but I play it in more of a, a nightclub style. So the music might, you know, can still be from all different age ranges and uh, appeal to all different age ranges and, and be from all different date ranges, but it's mixed together. You know, one song's always mixed into the other. And a lot of times I try to think of, as you heard, uh, doing it in as creative of, of a way as possible, uh, you know, which adds kind of a different, an additional level of entertainment for, for Is that crowd. the differentiator? Is it that it's mixed and so that you almost don't know or it takes you a second to figure out or that it flows so much smoother because you're not going from a hard stop to a new start and that you're mixing it in, in a way that's, I always kind of say like, you know, I want to delight and surprise people where you're dancing to one song and all of a sudden you hear something that's familiar and you're go and you, you are, I feel like your mixes are moving people through like from one song to another in a much smoother way. Is that, I think that's what people mean when they say like you're a real DJ is you're not pressing play and then it ends and you switch to the next and you press play, that there's actually thought behind the musicality of it. Right. And there's, there's two levels to it. I mean, a lot of DJs, you know, at least nightclub DJs can mix songs from one into the next. And, and that basically means that you're, you're finding two songs that are at the same tempo and, and layering the beats over one another. So you don't get that stoppage where it's almost an invitation for people to walk off the dance floor, even sometimes in just the two seconds between one song stopping and the next song starting. Um, but I guess the other level of it that I focus on is kind of the, doing that while also taking people on an emotional journey and, and, you know, the way I bring in a song and, and 
presenting what I almost like to call like these oh shit moments where where people just all this sudden hear this song that they love from their childhood or 15 years ago and, and they were just never expecting to hear that song um and and then they're just blindsided by it and everyone gets so excited um you know i've had couples that have given me request lists of 30 40 songs for dancing at their wedding and then i still came up with a song that they came up at the end of the night and said oh this was the favorite our favorite song you played the whole night and it wasn't even something on their request list because i'm trying to kind of get in their head and come up with that song that that they wanted to hear and they didn't even realize they wanted to hear if that makes any sense it does so with regard to weddings how many how many calls or planning meetings are there between the time that the couple books you and the time of the wedding? Do you have like one full phone call? Is it a Q&A and then a phone call? What's, what's the pre-event process look like for you? So, so normally I get an initial uh, you know, phone call, email, uh, usually a combination of a phone call and email. It normally starts out via email and then leads into an eventual phone call. Uh, with the initial booking process. And after a client books me, I send them out about a eight, nine page questionnaire. And that kind of takes them through their whole wedding uh, plans, uh, announcements that need to be made and, um, you know, list of names that need to be announced for, for toast and introductions and things like that. And then that also details all the specific, um, songs that they want played such as a first dance song or a parent dance song and then it also uh goes through just genres of music they like um and then usually what will happen is they'll complete that leading up to their wedding and about a month or so out they'll send that back to me and then we'll have a follow-up call or meeting uh to to go through the list and talk through that entire list with them um and, uh, and, and review it, make sure I don't have any questions, make sure they don't have questions for me. But a lot of those, so it's usually only two, maybe a max of three meetings slash phone calls. But, um, and there'll be often emails in between, but a lot of what I'm trying to get to do in those phone calls, because um, I can read, I know what songs they, they want to hear. I'm, I'm actually trying to get to know them as people. And, and that, from a DJ standpoint, helps me to kind of get inside their head and feel feel what they feel out what they like. I mean, I you know I have some couples that just want newer music and just want a nightclubby vibe, and I've had couples that are more kind of hipstery and they want kind of a hipster vibe. So I have couples that want all different sorts of vibes, and and I'm you know they're trying to you know get to, to really, as much as I can know these people, you know, in, in the time I'm given with them. And I feel that that enables me, enables me to put out a better end product for them. It almost feels like you're trying to translate who they are for everybody else. It's, it's like a soundtrack to their wedding, but it's also a soundtrack for their life and their relationship that then kind of comes to life, but you're the one presenting it. And I think there's a lot of clues that you can get from who somebody is based on the music that's played at the wedding. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, that, that's a very, that's an excellent way to put it. And, um, and I really do. And, and a lot of songs might be popular and get, get repeated at a lot of weddings. And, and some of that is even true to, to my weddings, but I really do try to personalize each experience 
with that couple. Um, and, I, and I also talk about that in my DJ education seminars that I give that, you know, these people are, are, are investing a lot of money in you and, and it is a, a very big day and it's a very important day for them. And a lot of DJs, especially wedding DJs, kind of fall into these cookie cutter sets where they might have a lot of great songs that work, but they kind of just go through the same motions every wedding and just play almost the same set list for every couple. And, you know, I, I don't believe in that. And I really believe in trying to, uh, as much as possible, really personalize what I'm playing at each wedding that's going to really reach that specific couple and their friends and family. So if we are somebody and they're out there listening and it is a planner or a venue, just to be clear for everybody, you do travel quite a bit. Yeah. And so no matter yeah. where somebody is in the country, if they want to have a digital Dave, Dave experience, they can bring you out, yes? Yes, yes. I've played at uh, both both weddings, private events, as well as nightclubs uh, all, all over the country in California, Vegas, Florida, New York, uh, D.C. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've, I've traveled pretty much almost, almost everywhere uh, in the U S so, and, and, and I enjoy traveling and I love kind of meeting and, and interacting with, with new people and, and uh, both, both guests and, and couples as well as uh, you know, vendors and uh, along the way. And so how can everybody listening find you? Do you want them to start with your mix cloud? Do you want them to start with your website? Where should they start? So, uh, yeah, my, my website is, is just djdigitaldave.com. And then I have uh, a Mixcloud uh, page, which we already talked about, which is mixcloud.com backslash djdigitaldave. Um, and I mean, I have mixes on there ranging from Motown to, to 90s to I just finished a 2000s mix. Um, I have my live set that I played at the DJ Collective on there. So, uh, you can hear lots of different, uh, especially if you're you're stuck in the house now and and kind of just want something to whether you're cleaning or trying to to chill out and relax for the day and and just kind of want a party vibe. Uh, there's lots of great mixes on there that can hopefully pass your time more more while you're you're stuck at home, unfortunately for the time being. Well, I got on Mixcloud specifically because of you, and I've really I've enjoyed getting to know you as a person, but I've really enjoyed learning because there's just so much of what you guys do as an industry, but you very specifically in terms of the psychology of the process that I was just really, um, I don't know if I want to say, say ignorant to or naive of, but the, the more that I learn about you and from you, the better I get at talking to other people about who you are and what you guys do. So I love that you spent a half hour with me and with the podcast crew today. Um, everybody else, this was Digital Dave. You can find him at www.djdigitaldave.com. If you are not familiar with him, you really need to get to see what he's doing and how he operates because he is extraordinary. So thank you for being here. We are going to talk again soon. And for everybody else, stay safe, wash your hands, and we will be in touch again next week. Thanks so much.